Turn, if you would, this morning to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I appreciate that special because it's a wonderful truth in that song. It's also amazing how much that went in line with this morning's Sunday school lesson in my class. And uh, so I just appreciate the affirmation in song what I was able to teach in Sunday school this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do come to you this morning thanking you that you are a faithful God, that you are a God that we can trust in and through every circumstance of life. And I pray that you'd help us to be people who don't just say that, but Lord, that we truly live in a way that it it proves we believe it. So Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you'd use it to speak to our hearts today. I pray that you would help us to see the, the truth of it and how it needs to be applied in our lives. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. For the last couple of sermons, you may remember that as we have made our way to chapter 12, I have reminded us that at this point in Solomon's life, he is no longer a young man. He's not even a middle-aged man. But it's believed that he was a man who was in the latter stages of his life, in the golden years of life, so to speak, And last week, as we looked at a few verses, we watched as the scripture recorded of Solomon that though he was old, he still had a desire to learn. He still had a desire to acquire more understanding, things that would be a help not only to him but to others. And because of his desire to learn, he had a desire to teach what he had learned to others, others who could benefit from the knowledge and the wisdom he had acquired. And so last week I tried to remind us that there should never be within us a willingness to stop learning or a place where we reach a point where we can't be taught anything. You and I should always be striving to learn things that are helpful, things that are beneficial, things that could could be just, again, a help to people. And as we learn these things, we need to be men and women who try to teach them to others. There is a desperate need on our part for the older generation to teach truth and wisdom to the younger generation. And regardless of where we're at in life, there is always someone that we can have influence in. But we have to believe it and we have to be willing to put forth the effort to do it. And so I hope that is something that we'll remember. I hope that is something that we'll keep in mind that we would take the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding that God has given us, that we've acquired over the years, and that we would be willing to transmit that, to teach that to others. Now this morning we're going to uh, wrap up our study of Ecclesiastes, and as we do, I'm going to say to you what I mentioned in Sunday school this morning, that Nathan's house project is something that is just it's consumed us really in so many ways and so it's a part of my thought process on a regular basis and so this morning I was talking about it in Sunday school by way of illustration and this morning I'm going to deal with it by way of illustration not because I think you all are overly concerned about what's going on but it's just fresh in my mind and it's something that I think we can all relate to so that is Uh, kind of a backdrop and maybe a little bit of a disclaimer, I want us to think about something. Earlier this week, Susie and I were working at Nathan's house, and 
We happened to be in the laundry room there, and she had been doing some painting on the trim at the top near the ceiling. And so you understand, because of her height, because of her stature, she needed some assistance in reaching the trim up top. So we have a little ladder there at the house that she has used on a regular basis. And she got done painting the trim, and she had moved out of that room, and she was painting somewhere else. And so I went into the laundry room to try to get some work done. And in an effort to get the work done, I needed to get rid of the ladder and some of the other stuff that she had been using. So I took the ladder and I took some other things and I set them right outside the doorway, uh, the only doorway that you can use to access the laundry room from the rest of the house. I set them right outside the doorway. I did not hide it. I did not disguise it or anything of that nature. And I went into the laundry room and I began doing my work and I began doing what needed to be done. Well, several minutes later, whenever Susie was involved in this other project that she was working on, she needed the ladder, and so she went back to where she had last used it, that being the laundry room, and she came back out, and I wasn't really paying attention to what she was doing, but she came back out, and she kind of walked around the house again, and then later she came back to the laundry room, and then she stepped back out of the laundry room, and she said, Babe, have you seen the ladder? And as soon as she said, have you seen the ladder, here's what she said. She said, duh, it's right there in front of me. I just missed it. So she had walked by the ladder three times, and she missed it every time. I, again, had not hidden it. I had not tried to disguise its location. And so what had Susie done? Well, she had missed what was pretty obvious, what was right out in front of her. Now I want to ask you something this morning by way of thought process, by way of your own personal life. See if this is true of you. Have you ever missed something that was fairly obvious? It was just right in front of you the whole time. You're sitting there and you're looking for the very thing that is right in front of you. We've all done that at some point, have we not? You're looking for the sunglasses that are on top of your head. You're, you're looking for the keys that you're carrying in your hands. Uh, we've all done something where you just say to yourself, how in the world did I miss that? It was so obvious. It was so clear. It was so out in the open. How did I miss it? I don't know how we missed it, but we did. Now this morning, you know this to be true. The same principle applies in our spiritual lives at times, does it not? It certainly does. What I mean by that is this. As you read through the scripture, there are certainly times that we come across things and they are difficult passages to understand. We come across things and it's hard for us to grasp, it's hard for our minds to fully process all of it, to comprehend all of it, and yet there are times we come across passages of Scripture, they are clear, they are easy to be understood, it's not disguised, it's not hidden, it's not as though the, veil, the truth is veiled with some kind of, of tapestry, so to speak, that we are not able to see all that is being communicated in the verse. Sometimes the verses and sometimes the truths of Scripture are obvious, and yet here is what we know. We missed it. We just absolutely missed it. And there are times we say to ourselves, or at least we should say to ourselves, how did I miss it? It was there all along and wide open. It was all along right there in front of me. How is it that I was able to miss that? Well, again, I don't know how we did it, 
But we manage to do it. And sometimes we just need to be shown, hey, listen, here it is. It's clear, it's obvious, it's simple, it's easy for everyone to grasp, but somehow it got by us, so here it is. So this morning, what we're going to look at in just a couple of moments is something that is clear, something that is easy, something that is not disguised. It is something that every one of us should be able to grasp, should be able to understand, and I want to say it this way this morning, every one of us need to hear this, all right? It's not just for the elderly, it's not just for the middle-aged, it's not just for the young. Every person in this room, and really every person in the world, needs to be aware of this passage, and they need to get it, they need to grasp it, they need to understand it, and myself included, I need to be reminded of this simple, basic, obvious truth. So what is that? Well, in verse number 13, here is what the Scripture says. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So whenever the Scripture says, let us hear, what does it mean whenever the word hear is used? It means this, to give attention to something. This is something that needs to be considered, and this is something that needs to be pondered. This is something that deserves a person's attention. I think all of us know what this is like. I know that I've dealt with this on times past. I know every one of us have been guilty of this, where we have heard something, but we immediately dismissed it. Have you ever been there? Somebody said something to you, but you weren't really listening, you weren't really considering, you were not really giving it attention, so as soon as the words were spoken, it was immediately dismissed because it was never really heard by us what the other person was trying to communicate. And so this statement says this, that we need to hear this. We need to consider it. We need to ponder it. We need to meditate upon it. We cannot afford to quickly dismiss this. We cannot afford to, to look over this. We, we cannot somehow let this slip our minds quickly. We need to hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So what does it mean to hear the conclusion of the whole matter? It means this, the, the summary of everything that's been spoken. It's like Solomon is saying this, that he is about to wrap everything up and he is going to, to paraphrase this in a statement or in a proverb that every one of us can be benefited by or helped with. So he said, this is what we need to do. We need to hear this. We need to consider it. We need to ponder this. We need to meditate on this. The summary or the paraphrase, so to speak, of everything that's been mentioned and addressed and dealt with to this point. And notice in the last part of the statement, or of the last part of verse number 13, he said this, for this is the whole duty of man. This is the whole duty of man. So what does it mean when Solomon says this is the whole duty of man? It means this. This is our sole responsibility. This is really the only thing we need to concern ourselves with. It's kind of like this statement. You've really only got one thing that you need to keep in mind. 
This is the only thing that you really need to give your attention to. So he said, here's what I want us to do. I want us to consider everything that's been said. I want us to ponder it, and I want us to understand this is the only thing that really we need to worry about in life, and that is this. We need to fear God and keep His commandments. This is the summary of everything. This is paraphrasing it. This is boiling it all down. This is putting it in a nutshell. However we might want to express it, here is what Solomon says is my responsibility and your responsibility. He said, first of all, it is our responsibility to fear God. To fear God. What does it mean to fear God? Well, I think most of us know this. It means this, to have a reverence for God and to have a respect for Him. It means to reverence God and to respect Him in a very healthy manner, something that would not be inappropriate or out of line whatsoever. Now, why is it so important for an individual to fear God? Because when a person fears God, here is what it will do. It will always, always, always influence that person's actions in their everyday lives. We don't have to get excited about this, so I'm not expecting it, okay? I just want us to understand this. When you and I fear God the way that we're supposed to, it will always influence our actions and influence them in a way that would be pleasing then to God. Yeah. See, when you and I fear people, it changes us. And that's not always a bad thing. I know I've talked about this before. I'm sorry for the repetition, but I think it's helpful for us to consider. I grew up with a fear of my grandfather. My grandfather had instilled in me some fear whenever I was a young child. He had disciplined me a couple of times. And they were moments in my life that stuck out, or stuck out rather, in my mind for as long as he was alive. He managed to put his fear in me whenever I was five, six, and seven years old. And so as a result of that, you know what? When I was 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, up until he passed away whenever I was 19 years old, the fear that he instilled in me changed who I was when I was around him. When I was around granddad, there were just certain things I would and would not do. There were certain things that I would and would not say. There were certain parts of, or not parts, but there were certain items of clothing that I would and would not wear. Only sissies wore shorts, so you never wore shorts in front of granddad. You know, if you were going to granddad's house, you just knew you put on a pair of blue jeans because that's what real men do. Now, now some people would say, oh, I think that's terrible that you were afraid of your grandfather. Listen, there was absolutely nothing wrong with my relationship with my grandfather. My grandfather loved me dearly. My grandfather proved over and over and over again that he would do anything for me and my other cousins. There was nothing wrong with my relationship with my granddad. He loved us dearly and we loved him dearly. But listen, every one of us grandkids knew we better fear him or we will suffer the consequences of it. 
Now listen, that same idea, that same principle applies to any person walking on earth today that there should be a fear of God so much so that it affects who we are and how we operate and how we function. The things that we say, the things that we do, the things we wouldn't say, the things we wouldn't do. And right on down the line, it should affect us. Now friends, that is obvious. But how often is it missed? Think about it. How often is this idea of fearing God completely missed in the lives of so many people, even the lives of so many people who identify themselves as believers? Here's your responsibility, believer. Here is your responsibility, child of God. Here is what you are called to do. This is what you need to consider, the summary, the conclusion of the whole matter. You need to fear God. And I'm just trying to remind us this morning that there are many people, even believers, who suggest they fear God, but all you have to do is watch the way they live, watch how they conduct themselves, watch their manner of lives, and here's what you see very quickly. They have no fear whatsoever because if they truly feared God, they would not behave that way. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. Remember who God is. Remember His authority. Remember His power. Remember His position. You and I, we ought to fear God. But notice what else he said. By way of our whole duty, our, our sole responsibility... He said we're supposed to keep His commandments. Well, what is a commandment? Well, a commandment is a reference to His law or a reference to His decrees. And so whenever Solomon says that we should keep His commandments, that that is our responsibility, what he is saying is this, friends, it's your responsibility to be obedient to what God has said. Now, how obvious is that? I mean, friends, that's more obvious than a ladder in the middle of an empty room. Here is what Solomon is saying. This is our responsibility. Fear God and obey Him. Why obey Him? Because He is our Creator. You remember that in the first part of chapter 12? You obey Him because He is the one who made you. He is the one who created you. And He is the one who sustains you. Friends, my responsibility is to obey God because God is my Creator. Your responsibility, your only responsibility in this life is to obey the one who created you. Now, I'm just going to ask us something. As clear and as plain and as easy to grasp as that is, how often do those who identify themselves as children of God not keep His commandments? It happens all the time. God's Word says this, but they do this. God's Word declares this, but they do something else. God's Word says this is what is expected of you. This is what is required of you. And they do something completely, entirely, totally different. 
than what the Word of God says. What is my responsibility? What is it that I am supposed to do with my life? What is it that I am accountable for? It is having a right attitude toward God, a fear of Him, and living in obedience to His Word. I'd like to remind us this morning that we are not our own source of authority. Amen. We are not our own source of authority. We do not get to write the rules for our lives. I know I'm going to sound like a broken record whenever I say this, but I I grow weary of this. The, The people who say things like this, I know the Word of God says that, but... Oh, listen, listen, I know the Word of God says that, but I don't really feel like. See, it doesn't really matter what we feel like. I'm just telling you, all across this nation, even amongst those who identify themselves as God's people, there are so many people who live in such a way that what they are declaring is this, I'm really the one who gets to write the rules for my life. No, you're not. You don't get to write the rules for your life. I don't get to write the rules for my life. There is a God in heaven who is my creator, who is your creator, who has given us his word. And the only responsibility we have is to know what God's word has said and then act upon it. That's my only responsibility. I am not the one in charge of the rules, so let me throw this out here for us as well, just by way of a reminder. You say, oh, it's so obvious. Yeah, trust me, I know. But let me remind us. We don't answer to this world. This world is not our authority. So what the world tells us is priority. What the world tells us matters Friends, if it is in contradiction to what the Word of God says, then we throw the world out and we stay true to the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I again, I am weary of people who act like if they don't meet the demands of the world that somehow they're a failure. I'm weary of that, especially from those who call themselves Christians. I have never been called to meet the standards of a godless society. I mean, how can you be happy doing something like that? How can you find fulfillment in that? How can you really be satisfied doing that? See, it's because I'm not worried about meeting the world's standards of success. I just want to be obedient to God's Word. I am not the source of authority, and this world is not the source of my authority. God and His Word alone is the source of our authority. It is God's Word that gives us our marching orders. And it's not just for me. It's not just for me and Susie. Listen, I'll just go ahead and say this for all of us still raising kids. God's Word is still the authority for the lives of our children. 
We, we are not called to raise children who meet the demands of this world. We're called to raise kids who understand their responsibility to God's word and nothing else. And if we raise children to be obedient to the word of God, then we were a success even if the world thinks we failed. I, I, listen, I'm enjoying this. I may get excited about the sermon here in a minute. I know, listen, I'm being very serious. I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because we all need to hear it one more time. I don't care what my children do with their lives so long as they serve God and live for Him in the process. I have known so many people whose kids were a success in the eyes of the world, but spiritually they were absolute failures. Well, friends, if they're a failure in their spiritual life, they're a failure, period. What is my responsibility? It is for me to fear God and it is for me to live in obedience to the Word of God. It is my responsibility to try to raise children who understand this is the only thing that matters. So I don't care if they never make a million dollars. I don't care if they never accomplish the things the world tells them they need to accomplish. I don't care because at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. Somebody says, well, I mean, they're just not going to be very popular. I hope not. I mean it. You know what it's like when your children are getting older and you have to start fielding questions on their behalf? I'm just going to say it again right up front just so that everybody knows. I'm not really worried about it. If in a few years I can look at three kids who are still serving the Lord in whatever capacity God would have them to do it, you know what, if, if, if that's all they're doing is serving God, I'm okay with that. Because this world is not my authority. Peer pressure is not our authority. You understand this, right? That is not who we are called to be obedient to. Well, you know, everybody's doing this, and that's kind of the direction that everyone's going. Well, I don't mean to sound cliche-ish, but I really don't care if that's the direction everybody is going. If that is in contradiction to the Word of God, then I need to be going the opposite direction. Well, you're never going to succeed that way. Well, maybe not in the eyes of the world, but if I'm okay with God, then I'm a success in every area of life that matters. Well, you're going to make your family mad. Well, I don't mean to surprise anybody, but they've been mad at me before. But you have people who call themselves Christians. Well, you know, I mean, I, the family's doing this, and I don't want to upset the family, you know, and I don't want to rock the boat, you know. I don't want to irritate anybody, so here's what we'll do. We'll just go ahead and adapt to what the family's done. Come on now. I understand that it puts pressure on us from time to time, but it's okay for us to say, you know, you know, really my responsibility is to God, so that's what I'm going to do. Our kids need to be reminded as they head back to school 
Your responsibility is not to be popular. Your responsibility is not to be cool. Your responsibility is not to be on the, on the hip and cutting edge of everything that's going on. Your responsibility when you go back to school is this. Fear God and keep His commandments no matter what any other child in school is doing. We as parents need to be reinforcing that in the minds of our children. That is your responsibility. See how Solomon is summarizing this and paraphrasing it for us? And, and it's so simple that, I mean, we'd have to be pretty sound asleep right now to not be getting this. What's my responsibility? Fear God. Oh, that's terrible. No, it's not because it dictates and it influences and it affects the way I live before my Creator. And just do what He says to do and stop worrying about your own rules and stop worrying about what everybody else tells you success is and stop worrying about what the world dictates to you and stop worrying about what everybody in the family is going to think about you. Just do right. Why is that so important? Well, verse number 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment. What? Solomon said, For God shall bring every work into judgment. Solomon, what are you suggesting? Solomon would say this, uh, everything that we do is going to be judged by God. Yes, Solomon, you really believe that? Well, I, I wrote it, didn't I? God shall bring every work into judgment. Do you know what we need to be reminded of, though obvious it is? We and I, we and I, you and I, we are going to give an account for every aspect of our lives. Why is it so important that I fear God and keep His commandments? Because one day I'm going to stand before God and give an account for everything that I did in this life that He gave me. I will give an account for my walk with God. See, and I won't be able to stand before God and say, Well, Lord, I know you said that, but. Well, Lord, you know I said that in your word, or I know you said that in your word. I know that you made that declaration. I know that those were commandments and not just recommendations. I understand that. But, you know, I mean, we were living in a different time there in the 21st century. So, you know, we had to adapt your word just a little bit. That's not going to fly with God. We're going to stand before God. And we will give an account for how we raised our children and what we promoted as important in their lives. We're going to give an account for how many times we let the world dictate to us what we would and would not do rather than the times we stood for right regardless of what the world said to do. We're going to give an account for the number of times family had more authority in our lives than God had in our lives. Do we realize this? God's going to bring every work we've done and He's going to make a judgment on it. 
There will be a decree made as a, as a reflection of what we did with our lives. Now, that's obvious, and yet again, you know what so many people do? They completely miss it. More times than not, most of us miss it more than we should. Solomon said this is so important. This is really our only responsibility in life. This is our whole duty in life to fear God and obey His commandments because, see, I'm going to be judged on everything I did. Notice what he said next. With every secret thing. Solomon reminds every one of us. It may have been secret down here. It will not be secret up there. Whether it be good, whether it be right, or whether it be evil, whether it be sinful, whether it be wrong, Solomon says, Every secret thing we will give an answer for. Somebody may say, well, I don't like that. Sorry. I'm not the one who wrote it. I'm just the one reminding us of the obvious. Everything we do, even the things we think are secret, that's going to be revealed and judged before God. See, here's what happens, and and probably not of you, but we've certainly known people of this stripe and of this nature. They've got a public persona that they maintain, yet they've got a private life that they also engage in. So what you see in public, that's not necessarily anything bad. That's not necessarily anything alarming. That's not anything that would really cause you to be too upset because in public they they give off an appearance of fearing God. They say all the right things. They they act all the right ways in public. And and they seem to have a desire to obey God and His commandments. They, They have a desire to keep those commandments. That's what it appears to be in public. And yet... Here's what we know, that there are many people who call themselves Christians who in the privacy of their own home or in the privacy of their own personal lives, what you see is this, is they don't really fear God. Because if they really feared God, what they were in public is the same thing they would be in private. And they're not really worried about keeping His commandments because if they were really worried about keeping His commandments, what you saw then in private would be the same thing you saw in public. And friends, we know that for many, that's just not the case. They would never dream of telling that joke at church, but they sure don't mind telling it at work. They would never dream of using that language in the house of God around God's people. But over here, they sure don't mind using that language at all. 
They would want to appear to be honest over here, but over here they would lie and cheat and do whatever it took to get a little bit further ahead than what they are already. See, I need to be reminded, and some of you may need to be reminded, that what we think is done in secret, it may not ever be known this side of heaven, but when we stand before God, all of it's going to be revealed. Not just the good, but the evil or the wrong as well. So think about it. Solomon says, this is really it. This is all you have to worry about. This is all you have to concern yourself with. This is the only thing that you need to keep in mind. Fear God and keep His commandments. It's pretty simple, isn't it? And how many times do we walk right past it? Let's be honest. How many times do we walk right past that simple, obvious, easy-to-recognize truth? How often do we walk right past it? It's more of a problem than we'd like to admit many times. I'm not saying of everyone, so, so don't get bent out of shape if you don't struggle with this, okay? I'm just saying for many of us, it's so easy. And yet we miss it. I need to be reminded, as do some of you maybe, I need to be reminded that everything I do, it will be judged one day. Brother Kyle, I'm saved. It's all under the blood. Listen, I understand it's all under the blood, but we're still going to give an account for our lives. We don't get to live however we want just because it's all under the blood. I'm still going to give an account, and you're still going to give an account. And I need to be reminded, as do some of you, that I have no secrets with God. So you may be able to fool some people. You may be able to fool a lot of people. I may be able to do the same thing. But every bit of it is out in the open before God. He sees it all, the good with the bad, the evil with the right. He sees all of it. And so I want to ask us, if that's the only thing that we really have to concern ourselves with, if that's the only thing we're really responsible for, how good of a job are we doing? I mean, if this is our one job to worry about, how good are we doing? Some, no doubt, are doing quite well. And I mean that. Some of you, I'm sure... It is a daily effort. It is something that you are mindful of on a daily basis. God, I want to fear you. God, I want to live for you. God, I want to live in obedience to you. There's no doubt in my mind that some of you, that is a, a, a constant desire of yours to fear him and to keep his commandments. But I wonder if there are some, if you'd just be honest, you'd say, you know what, I never really think about that. 
I live this way in front of this group of people, but whenever I'm over here, I start to drift and I start to live like this. And, and I think that because nobody really knows about what I am over here, that, that it's all okay and it's all fine. And I just, I wonder if there are some in here who would have to admit that. I'm not trying to beat anyone up. I'm not mad at anyone. I'm not, I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty. I'm just trying to remind us of the obvious, what we're supposed to worry about what we're supposed to give our attention to. Remembering we'll be judged one day. And if you don't fear God and if you don't keep his commandments like you should, ask the Lord today to help you to begin that process, to be what you're supposed to be at all times so that when you stand before him, the regrets are minimal. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning and we wrap up this study of Ecclesiastes. Lord, I thank you for the summary that was given that every one of us can understand. It doesn't matter if we're a child in here this morning, if we're the oldest adult in here this morning. It doesn't matter who we are. We can understand exactly what Solomon communicated. And if we're honest, we can know how it applies to our lives and whether or not we've got some things to work on. So God, I pray that you'd help us before you to be honest, that we would allow ourselves to be transparent before you. And Lord, if there's anything else who has that position of authority in our life outside of you, I pray that today we would get you back to where you belong in our lives and that we would surrender to you. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. As Lauren